At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And this is the podcast. This week on Pod on Pod, we're going to be discussing 99% Invisible. And Josh, you and I talked last week about, hey, wasn't this suggested by a listener? It wasn't. It was suggested by... Corey on our Thanksgiving episode. That's right, indeed. Corey Finneran on our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, well, it wasn't our Thanksgiving episode. It was our Christmas episode. No, we Christmas stole episode. the idea from the Thanksgiving. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. The episode that we appeared on, whose show was that? Oh, it was the I Hate Critics uh, Thanksgiving episode. We were on that. And so we stole that idea, turned it into a, th- a Christmas episode. Uh, we'll have links for that, by the way, in our show notes where you can find uh, that episode if you haven't heard it before. But Corey Finneran suggested 99% Invisible. Is that where you started listening to it? You've been yeah. listening to the show a while. Yeah, I like I like it a lot. And, and <clears throat> I remember him saying it was a design show. And I think you mentioned it last week that it was a di- design show. And it is in that – Literally everything's designed, so you could say anything's a design show, really. Well, to me, this show focuses on the interesting stories behind things. Like, I feel like this is a – it's telling a very nar- – first of all, it is a it is a narrative NPR-style yeah. uh, podcast, 15, 30 minutes in length, 15 to 30 found, minutes in yeah, length. I don't think I ever found – I don't think I found one that was 30 minutes. Yeah, no, they're, they're – but they generally go from like just over 15 to like a little over 20. Yeah. Depending upon how padded the subject is and then if they've got a bunch of ads at the beginning or the end. Uh, and it's weekly. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I said that it's stories of design and explanations of how everything is designed. I think the idea is that 99% of the design jobs in the world are invisible. I think that's sort of the point is that 99% of a designer's work is invisible. It's all the things that they don't put into it, all the things that they have taken out of it through revision and uh, evolution. That's what this show uh, sort of highlights in the narrative structure. Agreed. 
Just a couple of weeks between here and Mother's Day, and we've got the perfect thing for you in case you're like me and you've been procrastinating on getting a present for your mom or your wife, or maybe you need a present. Whatever it is, we've got the thing for you. It's Stitchville Post, and this episode is brought to you by Stitchville Post. You can go to bit.ly slash Stitchville or find links on our website or in the show notes to this episode. But Stitchville Post is a great new service that brings your local yarn shop. That's the L-Y-S. And if you're a crafty person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It brings the L-Y-S at your address. And and that means that you can get a cool new project and all of the supplies you'll need right to your mailbox every month. Again, you can just go to bit.ly slash Stitchville and sign up right there. Choose a plan, either crocheting or knitting. And you can also choose how often you want to receive a, a plan. If you just want to do it for a month to try it out, or you can sign up for three months at a time or six months. And uh, because of those uh, larger plans, you'll get a reduced monthly rate. Check it out today. Sign up and you can get some of the coolest knitting, sewing, and crocheting projects, along with exclusive coupons and surprises right to your door. Every single month, you're going to get a pattern, uh, all of the appropriate supplies to complete that pattern, a surprise notion, and a valuable coupon as well. If you live outside the area, uh, that coupon will be for the Etsy store. If you live in and around North Louisiana, you can get coupons to go straight into Stitchville and their location in Ruston. Check out bit.ly slash Stitchville to sign up for Stitchville Post today. Stitchville Post, it's an LYS at your address. Let's uh, break it down. And every week on Pod on Pod, we tell you about a podcast by talking about its audio quality, its host likability, the production values, the content. And then we give uh, our favorite moments and uh, our elevator pitch and an overall rating where we uh, give you earbuds. That's how we rate a show on Pod on Pod, not stars or thumbs up. We, we give you earbuds. Uh, this week, uh, let's start with the audio quality. I mentioned it's an NPR style show. It's right up there with any of the top podcasts we've we've mentioned as far as uh, the sound quality, as far as uh, stuff you should know, or WTF, or This American yeah, Life. Yeah, I always find um, in these types of podcasts, I always find it a little wonky when they go from um, from being in the studio and kind of setting up the next clip, whether it's an interview or whatever. Like that all is is perfect, right? And sterile. Yeah, sterile, and then it goes into the clip after the setup. Um, it's not it's not bothersome, but it, it to me it's I, I don't know a good way to do it, and I don't know I don't know of a podcast that does it great. When you have two vastly different audio experiences, there is no great way to meld them. You know, it's not like uh, a DJ mixing. I I mentioned in my notes here. There were a couple of episodes that I listened to where he used like old television yeah. clips or old movie clips or something. And the audio in, the, in those cases was very degraded and very low quality to begin with. There was nothing the show could do as far as to amp it up. You know, the, it is what it is. And it's m- not nearly as good as what you're doing. So there's always going to be that juxtaposition. But they do a really good job of producing the audio that they're responsible for directly and then of melding it all together. That b- bleeds into production values. They're top-notch. They're right there with Serial, This American Life, uh, all of those types of shows. I think they, they knock it out of the park, top-rate uh, production values. I also like the theme song sort of the, or the music, I guess. It's not really a theme song. Um, you want to know what I think is probably my favorite thing about the show? Yes, of course. The host's name. Roman makes, Mars. It just makes me happy every time he intros the show. 
Hi, I'm Roman Mars. I'm like, yes, you are, man. <laughs> yes, you are. You know, he was named, I think in uh, 2013, he was named one of the 100 most creative people or something by Time Magazine. And and my thought at the time that I heard it, and I did not listen you to the show was, at the time. He wasn't born with that name. I, no, I think it's entirely possible that no. he was born with that name. Let me see if it says anything about it here on the About page. By the way, you can find this show at 99percentinvisible.org or 99pi.org. Um, let me see. Roman Mars. Roman Mars. What does it say about Roman Mars? Roman Mars is the creator of 99% Invisible, a short radio show about design and architecture. With over 30 million downloads, the 99% Invisible podcast is one of the most popular programs on iTunes. Fast Company. It was Fast Company that named him one of 100 most creative people in 2013. The 2012 Season 3 fundraising campaign for 99% Invisible broke all previous records for a journalism project on Kickstarter. He is also the host and program director of PRX Remix, a 24-hour our innovative public radio stream broadcast on XM one twenty three and public radio stations across the country. Um, no, I bet I bet that is his name. I bet Roman Mars is his name. That's one of those name it and claim it kind of deals. Like his parents are like, you know what we want? We want a creative little bastard, <laughs> Roman Mars, <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Mars. Yeah, man. They're like, you know, I I I think it's a bold a bold and saucy name. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Roman Mars. Uh, why don't you tweet him and tell him uh, you found his show through us, if that's the case. Uh, but uh, let's uh, go ahead and and uh, continue with this review. Host likability. We're talking about Roman. What do you? think about him uh, i like roman he is eminently likable here's what um on some episode like the earlier episodes it's almost only him mm-hmm. right the very early episodes it's only him uh recently uh there's been um other hosts i guess uh yeah some well, of the I, I, I sam say- greenspan well i wouldn't necessarily say host like he's always kind of the narrator of whatever it is but like he may not be the one doing the interview. And so if he's not the one doing the interview, sometimes he'll turn that over to whoever did do the interview to, to intro it. Avery Truffleman, Katie Mingle, some of the other folks that are working alongside yeah. him now. Uh, this all comes, by the way, from Radiotopia. That's his his overarching banner. And they've got a whole host of shows, some of which have been mentioned on this podcast before. We've talked about Mortified. Yeah. That's one of his shows. It's from Radiotopia. A Criminal, which is a show that we've suggested for fans of Serial that are looking for another well, true crime we didn't, show. we didn't review Mortified. We reviewed... I didn't say we reviewed it. I said it's been mentioned. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mortified was mentioned. Criminal was mentioned on this show. One that I'm looking forward to checking out from them that I've heard about now on 99% Invisible, The Illusionist, as in A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N-I-S-T. It's a show about words and the messy nature of the English language. I think that would be right up my alley. But Radiotopia is all about stories. They're all about very narrative podcasts, and and that is what 99% Invisible is as well. Uh, Content... We've already really covered in those other areas, and I guess that means we want to get to telling you some of our favorite moments. That's going to tell you more about this show, I think, than anything we've done so far. Um, I listened to a bunch of episodes of this, actually, already. I listened to 157, which was uh, called Devil's Rope. That's about uh, barbed wire. Barbed wire, yeah. I listened to 149 of Mice and Men, where they're talking about not only the mice, but the key set, which was a five-fingered keyboard replacement. Did you find in the uh, in the Devil's Rope episode? I found it really interesting that because of barbed wire, uh, farms and farmers uh, were early adopters of the telephone. 
Yes. That's crazy. Well, and and the, you know, in the modern era, like we are uh, currently facing this issue where we've got like that last mile so to speak for broadband adoption and I I did wonder is there some simple sort of quote unquote backward solution that we're overlooking for this problem? Just as they had at first with barbed wire. They were like, yeah, well, you need wires everywhere, and we don't want to send wires all the way out to Nowheresville. And they were like, well, we, we've we got wires already. we got yeah. we got barbed wire everywhere. They're like, oh, well, here's your telephone then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, one of my favorite moments, uh, let's see, in the Currency episode, there were there were two great moments, actually. Uh, the name of that, sh- that episode is called The Color of Money. Um, there's a clip of audio of Roman. I was listening to one a retransmission. Favorite, one of my, yes. One of my favorite moments came from this episode. Too. It'll be interesting to see if they're the same. So early in that episode, before he gets into the original broadcast, when he's telling you why okay, there's yeah, a, no, an, an, a bonus episode. So there's a clip of live audio from him. He's at a talk, a convention talk. or something. Yes. Yeah, it was a TED talk. And at the end of it, there is sort of, the host is asking him questions. Is there, and she says, is there a particular design rant that you always have in your back pocket that, that you break out on, on occasion? And he goes, well, I can always rant about American currency. And just the exasperation in his voice on that, that that's one of his topics. That really tickled my funny bone for some reason. See, and, I found that annoying. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I found that annoying, especially because of all the other episodes that I listened to from it and got to that one and his annoyance with American money. I was like, that's... That's kind of a a weird thing to to plant your flag on and to take a stance on, uh, because my favorite moment, which one of my favorite moments, and, and it comes from this episode, is uh, you have this Australian. Um, well, no, it's an American that was over there, but they're talking about the Australian money, and it, you know, it's plastic and it's very colorful, and there's all these different things about it, right? Mm-hmm. So then Roman starts talking to. Um, uh, a designer about money, right? <coughs> and this is this just tickled me to no end. And the designer goes, Sh- "Sure, it's pretty, but it doesn't solve anything. Money's going away. Who cares? Like tangible money's gone. If you want to know about money design, we need to look at digital currency." Yeah, how are you designing your app? Yeah, who care? Who? Oh, it's plastic. You can fall on the floor. You can wash it. Who cares? Um, that was not my favorite part, although I did enjoy that part of the discussion, too, where they were already looking past the the, the last stages of physical currency. Yeah, so if you're looking at physical – like – You're physical, already looking at the past. Yeah, it's yeah. over. So if that's, if that's what's got your gall, that's – oh, well. That's like being that's – like, that's like being aggravated about physical currency – is like it is being aggravated that uh, they come out with a new material for marbles. <laughs> All right, I think there's a little bit of difference there. I it I'm a little bothered by the fact that our money is not better designed. And they mentioned a couple of those things. For, particularly, it's bothered me for years that we don't have different size bills. Different size bills is something simple. You would, they wouldn't have to be drastically different, and it could make it so much easier when you're fumbling in your pocket or in your billfold. Different sizes would be the easiest thing. Different colors is also pretty obvious. Okay, let's be honest. They should be slightly different okay. textures. Sure. Uh, look, th- this is what this podcast has done. We've got stuck on one subject, and now we're arguing about it. Yeah, but- okay. How often do you make a cash transaction in 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 your month, okay, paying bills, everything? 
how much of your transaction is cash? I I actually do not a huge proportion. Give me a percentage. I would say probably twenty to twenty five percent. I would call you a liar. I th- I no. I think that's realistic. Twenty to twenty five percent. At least at least four times a week. At least four times a week. I make one transaction with cash. Four times a week. And how many transactions do you make in a week? You're telling me that in a week you're only making, what, 20 transactions? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, if that's 20%, that's exactly what you're telling me. <laughs> okay. So I well, think what you mean is your transactions in cash is more like 7%. Uh, maybe it's closer to 10 than 20, but I think there's a. Closer to 10 to 20. You just knocked it off like it's all nonchalant. That's literally half of what you originally <laughs> said. All right, but the point is I still make I still make plenty. 4 a week is enough to consider the fact that our money is crappy in 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 comparison to the rest of the of the world. I do like one a month. And the only reason I do it one a month is because I don't carry checks and my water bill place doesn't accept credit cards. <laughs> All right. So, but late in that episode, late in that episode, there's a guy talking about why the American currency has been so consistent and why it's been so stubborn to change. And there's some simple things, some legal reasons why we've never had a system in our uh, in our government where the old currency is mandatorily collected and burned. Yeah. That that is not required. Every other country, when you have new currency, there's a grace period. Then you got to get rid of the old stuff, or it's going to be worthless, or only just a collector's item. You know, we don't have that in this country. But the bigger reason is this: we have a belief, especially amongst uh, the top economists and amongst the politicians, that if we had a change of currency. Uh, a drastic change in the style of our money that would just remind people of exactly what money is, which is nothing but imaginary uh, uh, things that we've put our faith in. We It is worth $5 because we say it's worth $5. And that is a scary concept for people to really hold in their heads. And I think generally we don't think about it. And the idea is that if the public at large did, they would panic. There would be economic upheaval i don't think so at all i don't i don't necessarily agree with that idea either i think most people understand that money doesn't mean anything except that we all say it means anything which is why in general people still like shiny things you, you know people, people still like gold if you told people 30 years ago uh that they'd be making phone calls out of a device carried in their pocket they wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, they would be completely astounded by most of the things that we're doing on our day-to-day basis. But anyway, that currency episode in particular got me. Some of the other ones that I listened to and really, really enjoyed, Gorilla Public Service. Did you listen to that episode? No, I did not. Okay, so this is – it starts off with the idea that it's a problem we all encounter. You're going through your daily life and you see something that is obviously misdesigned, uh, a light switch that was done upside down or a power switch that was done upside down, a door that's too close to the wall so that you can't open it properly or close it properly, or it's put in backwards so that it opens the wrong way or closes the wrong way or just in an uncomfortable way. All of those sorts of things happen all the time. We all see them. This one guy, and I can't remember his name, but he actually did something about it. In particular, it was a road sign that was missing on the highway, something that made it drastically more dangerous for people. You realize that suddenly you have to merge. People were doing it all the time. It was a very, it was an issue. So he creates his own road sign, hides his tools late at night, spends some time on the scaffolding that night in the dark to 
calm his nerves about being on the site. Then has his friends set up to record the whole affair. He's there the next morning, Sunday morning, early, so there'll be light traffic. He hangs off of the off of the uh, overpass there and mounts this sign with a uniform that looks a lot like the highway patrolman's uniforms. It's He's not official, but it sort of looks like them. He put a decal on the side of his truck. It's not a highway worker truck, but it is an official-looking decal. He vaguely looks like he should be there. He gets the thing hung in a little less than 30 minutes, climbs down. It's all very successful. It ended up staying up for more than eight years, I think, before the uh, Interstate Service took it down, and that was only be- because they replaced it finally with one of their own. He's got to watch out with that. Because in another episode about palm trees, a uh, a group of uh, of guys um, were going around ta- going around neighborhoods and stealing palm trees. Because a palm tree, like a full grown palm tree, certain species of it, is worth like twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand dollars for a palm tree. So these guys are going around these neighborhoods and just taking palm trees. And a guy noticed what was going on. You know, and and caused a little ruckus about it. Turns out it was uh, uh, an official who actually signed off on it, who was kind of the inside man. Um, But one of the things that I learned that blew my hair back is that a palm tree is not a tree, man. It's not a tree? Not a tree. It's a grass. Really? Yeah. It's It's like the brontosaurus of grasses? It's just not a tree. Like you cut, if you cut a palm tree in half, it doesn't have rings. And like it doesn't have this crazy root system, you know, that goes out. It's like a, the root system stays in like a very compact ball, right? Like a grass. Yeah. Wow. I've never, I mean, I knew that it that it did that, that there's not like a real root system, but I hadn't thought about the fact that, that probably made it. Which also easier to steal. Yeah, I can imagine. Indeed. Huh. That's just a, a little bit of an example of the kinds of things that you can learn when you listen to 99% Invisible. Don't forget to check them out at 99percentinvisible.org or 99pi.org. It's time for us to give you our overall rating. Josh, what did you think of this show? Well, number one, we got some great uh, feedback, uh, listener feedback. I'm, I'm not using half earbuds anymore. Why not? Because it doesn't make sense they don't make a half earbud. Right. So my rating is going to be zero is either I hated it or I don't care for it. And I'll make that clear in the episode. One is uh, it has value. I'll share it with other people. It may not be for me. And a two is I've subscribed. Okay, I'm going to keep using half earbuds. We're going to use that. You're also the one I had to talk out of using quarter earbuds. Yeah, that's a very true. That's a very good point. We're going to we're going to use that listener feedback, but it's going to be in the next episode. We got to get to Christopher Lupo this episode. But so what are you going to rate this show? It's two earbuds, man. Like, think about it. We both listen to it. And instead of really reviewing the show like we normally would, we just got in a conversation about one episode that we both listened to. Like, that's cool. And then gave uh, a handful of other examples of uh, great episodes that we enjoyed. Yeah, it is really a top-notch show. I'm going to give it 2.0 as well. Not only is it one that I'm now subscribed to, I've listened to a ton of the back content, and it's one that I'm going to easily suggest to friends. This is one, even for somebody who, like us, has dozens and dozens of shows that they listen to on a regular basis, because it is so brief. You can still stand to put it into your your regular feed. I, it's been one that I've heard about. A lot of people had suggested. I knew the name Roman Mars. I knew this show was out there. I'd just been putting off checking it out. I'm glad that I finally checked it out. Um, I made uh, – I didn't make, but uh, we went on a little 
little weekend vacation. And uh, while we were driving, I decided to catch up on my episodes. Um, and we must have listened to four of them, you know, on the way to our destination. And Rachel put it put it perfectly. She said, it's not long enough for you to get bored of. You're never bored listening to it because it does a great job of getting you to the climax. And then, and then it's over. It's over. Yeah, there's no dilly-dallying. You're right. No. There's no fat. And and that is a big credit to uh, to Roman and his editorial team. So that's our review of 99% Invisible, and links are in the show notes, so check it out. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, make sure you go and review them. Tell them you found us, uh, you found them on Pod on Pod. Now it's time for listener feedback. Uh, we mentioned this last week. Christopher Lupo, a longtime listener, and uh, he's a guy who's written in a few times too, uh, he sent us this. I want to get my 18-year-old, soon-to-be college freshman sister into podcasts. She's going into pre-dental school, loves soccer, and is the more sociable one of the family. I know it can add great value to her life, but I'm struggling to find the best way to present it to her. One of her teachers and I are the only people in her life who listens to podcasts, so consequently she thinks it's weird. Try and get a teenager to do something her friends aren't doing. Good luck with that. Somehow, forcing her to listen to an episode or two of Serial or Stuff You Should Know doesn't seem like a good idea. Have any ideas? Uh, and I, I think we both have a few ideas. You said you did some research, didn't you? Yeah, well. You did I research, didn't... but that was a long time ago, so you don't remember it? No, so the thing is, is I didn't know really where to to research because I don't know Christopher Lupo's sister at all. Yeah, that's the first thing that we should say. You're sort of right in that it's going to be hard to convince somebody that – is not currently doing anything and their peer group is also not doing that thing to to jump on board unless you really, really know specifically what is right for them. And so obviously you are going to be the best arbiter. She will be the the final arbiter of what shows she'll be into. But what you have to do is convince her that there is any entertainment worth listening to at all. And so all you have to do is find one or two. And if you got one or two that will give her something worthwhile, then she will find the others on her own. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. She will find the perfect podcast for her. You've got to find the Gateway podcast. Right. And I think that uh, if she has to write a history paper, which almost everyone does, just go listen to Hardcore History. You'll probably learn more listening to an episode of Hardcore History than you are your whole semester while at college. That would not be a bad one. I was also going to suggest uh, stuff you should miss and stuff you missed in history class. Not only is it two female hosts, but it's also very brief. And while you're going to get a lot of good information, it's done in a very entertaining fashion. And we already know the audio quality is top notch from those guys since they're from HowStuffWorks.com, just like stuff you should know. The other one, and this is a little bit off the beaten path, but he mentioned that she's a big soccer fan. Yeah, I'm not a soccer fan, and I don't know a lot of soccer podcasts. Although there are a ton of great sports podcasts. And if she's got a particular favorite team, I guarantee you there is at least one, probably many podcasts that follow that team, especially if they're in the MLS or if they're in the Premier League. Yeah, the Premier League, for instance. The podcast I was going to suggest, though, is one of the Australian podcasts that I listen to. Now, this is two guys. Surprise, surprise. I, indeed, indeed. But this is a show called You Beauty. I found it through the Weekly Planet podcast. One of their hosts suggested it, and, and I checked it out from them. But I, I really enjoy it. It's called You Beauty with Sam Gray and Tommy DeSalo. And what it is is it's one – they're both sort of comedians in their own right in uh, in Australia – 
One of them is very much into sports. The other one is not interested in sports at all. And every episode, they explain either a sport, like they talk about the rules and the way that it works. They talk about a specific story from a sport, like he tells him about Babe Ruth and calling the shot and explains that all to him. Or he tells him about some great marathon that it's of historical import or whatever. They go across the world of sports. It's very, very funny. And it it touches on uh, those sporting topics as well. I think that's a cool one for somebody her age in particular. And it will be the kind of thing that she can share to her friends. She'll be the only one that's into. She'll be the first one to get people into. Um, I think think a podcast that every college student should listen to uh, is The Bugle. Like if you want to keep up on what's in the news or or politics and and you want to – have something different to help inform your opinion. That's a great one. Well, and it's also it's the it's a cool kind of thing to bring up at a party because everybody knows about John Oliver's show on HBO, especially yeah, college right kids. Now. Yeah, they're all talking about it. They're sharing the clips on YouTube, and you're like, yeah, I heard him make that joke two two weeks ago on the bugle. On the bugle, yeah, yeah. So that that would be a, a cool one for her to check out as well. Uh, but there there are a ton uh, about her classes. There are a ton. We've discussed some uh, when you go back to things like Savage Love might be a good one to listen to as she's going through all the makeups and breakups that she's going to have guys and we f- guys we f- exactly is not a bad podcast because it is about uh you know women taking control of their now i know you might not want to think about that for your sister but women taking control of their own sexuality their own romantic life and just their own womanhood you know young activated uh, fully self-actualized women that's what we want in life there you go more of those empowered hoo-ha all right you ready are we are we done there? We wrapped up, I think, on podcast suggestions done. for eighteen year old freshman college girls. No, because now because now what's going to happen is Christopher Lupo is going to listen to it, going to share these podcast suggestions with his his sister, and she's going to listen to a couple and be like, "What? Where did you find these suggestions from a couple of mid thirty year old white guys?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where you got them from. Tell them, tell them you got them. From pod on pod. All right. Until next week uh, when we're going to review Polygon's Quality Control. It's another video game podcast uh, from the McElroys or from one of the McElroys anyway. We'll do that next week. (laughs) All right. Uh, Until next time, uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And this has been the podcast. Pod on Pod is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and the fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also be sure to check out one of our other great shows like Me and the Geek. Are you a geek? If the answer is yes, I've got just the show for you. If the answer is no, 
Well, I might have the show to explain why you're wrong. Meandthegeekpod.com is where you need to go. Visit us every week for a different conversation with a new geek and a peek into their own geeky world. You see, here at Me and the Geek, we believe that everyone is geeky about something. Find out what your geek is and then let your geek flag fly with Me and the Geek on iTunes, in Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts now. Our musical guest this week is Mira Vetti.
At the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high flying to all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to heycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.